You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. All right, welcome back to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. I am your co-host, Jay Teresi, here with my co-host, Chica Eloy. Let's go, Jay. We are excited to be back for another episode. We are excited to be back. So let me open us in prayer, and then we're going to jump straight away back into the fruit of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for loving us. We ask that you would really come and infuse this podcast with your wisdom and your words and help Chica and I to be out of the way so that all of us can hear from you. Jesus, we thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for the creation of this world that even enables us to be sitting here today. It's in your name that we offer this podcast. Amen. Galatians 5.22 says, The Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and... self-control. So, Jay, we've chosen self-control to come in as our second discussion after last week's joy discussion. And I love the discussion on joy. We could all use some more joy bombs in our life, right? Come on, come on. But if you think about self-control, it's at the end of the list, but it's really like the basket that holds the fruit, right, Chica? Like all of the other fruits are first activated by an exercise of the will, which is self-control. And if you if you look through the entire Bible from Old Testament to New, this concept of self-control pops up everywhere. I mean, if you read the book of Proverbs, it's like every other proverb yeah, right. is talking about self-control. So it's clear that in God's economy, you know, we have a, a role to play and to really enable God to shine through us. Like there is some choices that need to be made. And those choices can only be made, you know, as we exercise self-control. I like, and I want to riff off the Proverbs for just a second, Jay. I know that Proverbs 25 says, uh, like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. And Proverbs 16 says, it is better to be patient than powerful. It is better to win control over yourself than over whole cities. Man, that is powerful. So and if you think about the context of when Proverbs was written, like 3,000 years ago, a city without walls Mm. was 100% vulnerable. Like you couldn't defend yourself. And raiders and marauders would just come on a regular basis and pillage the city. The city couldn't build wealth, couldn't provide safety for its citizens. I mean, there's an entire book of the Bible dedicated to Israel rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem to regain their kind of identity as a nation. And until they do that, they're just overrun, they're poor. And so, you know, to be a city without walls in those days, like there was just nothing worse. We label this as self-control, but the the KJV says that it's temperance, right? And if you if you split that up, and then I went back and researched about what Greek temperance means, um, and and it's really two words, N and kratos. The N stands for in, and kratos means strength or power. So it's really in power of your own behaviors. Yeah. First of all, it's so good to go back and, you know, Chica, neither one of us is a scholar, but the beauty of the age we live in is we have access to so many tools. So you don't have to be a scholar anymore to go and, and be able to look up and understand the roots of these things. And that's powerful because it is important, I think, to try to read the Bible in the context of what 
they were living through and who they were writing to, because the Bible was written to some people at a certain time and it was written to us. Right. And so then you can play those things out. So one of the other things about self-control that is so interesting is, and if you go back into Proverbs five, right. Think of Proverbs, you know, Proverbs says without self-control you die. And if you think about all the things, maybe in your own life, or even if we're thinking about biblical characters, think about Solomon for a minute. So Solomon is literally one of the wisest men in history. Like he prays for wisdom. God grants it to him. People come from all over the world to sit at his feet. The secular world today still quotes so many of Solomon's sayings. So here you go. Third king of Israel, powerful, richest man in the world at the time, all this wisdom. And yet he completely lacks self-control at the end of his life. He has, you know, whatever, 700 wives and 800 concubines or some crazy thing. And literally it fractures the nation of Israel. And soon after he dies, his son falls, you know, because of his pride and lack of self-control. And we split into two countries. And then you get hundreds of years of just crazy history in Israel. And then they're gone. They get overrun. And there you have it. And you just go, man, the wisest guy in the world when he lacked self-control, brought around the destruction of his family line. So you just go, self-control is so amazing. And as I look back on my own life, Chica, I go, well, there's a lot of things I could be a victim about, or I could say this, or I could say Mm. that, but I can pretty much point to almost every mistake I've made or everything that's happened and didn't play out the way I wanted and go, there was a moment in there where I lacked some important self-control. Had I had self-control, I could have more lived in God's purpose. I think we've also got then the flip of that, which is the model of Jesus and self-control. I think back to, I think it was Luke 4 where he was being tempted, right? And, you know, the the devil wanted Jesus to act based on how he was feeling, you know, because he was hungry and not the word of God. And so Jesus showed all self-control by choosing not to do what would make him feel better, but staying with what God said to do. Right. And if we jump into, I think it was Luke five, he took the devil, took Jesus and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And then the devil said to Jesus, I will give you all these kingdoms and their power and the glory and all that's been given to me. And um, I can give it to anyone that I wish. He says, if you just worship me, it all will be yours, Jesus. And Jesus looked back and said, what, Jay, what did he say? Not today, devil. Get stuff, devil. I'm not even interested, right? I'm not even going to have it. And so I think that, you know, on the flip side of what you just spoke to with Solomon, you've got the perfect example of Jesus who showed all self-control when everything was laid out in front of him. It's a fruit of the spirit. And so what enabled Jesus to have the ability to do that? He remains in his father. So now you go to John 15 and you're like the fruit of, you know, he is the vine, we are the branch and the fruit of that is we have the ability to exercise self-control, which is a free will choice. However, because we remain in Jesus, we have the strength to do it and the wisdom to do it. So like there's this whole thing going on because what we all know, right? All of us, everyone listening to this podcast can point to a moment in their life where they white knuckled something. I'm going to quit smoking Mm. or I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. And for a period of time, I was able to do it, white knuckle it, exercise self-control. But then, you know, that that model usually ends in not well for us. And, and then things sometimes get worse after like, hey, I lost 20 pounds and I gained back 30, right? But when we are able to exercise self-control as an outworking of our, abi- I'm going to use a big church word here, our abiding in Jesus, 
or we get nourished. It's a totally different kind of self-control. So the biblical self-control we're being called to is really different than sort of my own human choice self-control. That's a little complicated, and I know we don't have time to really completely unpack that theologically, and not even sure I could unpack that theologically. When we try to have self-control in our own will, it's very tiresome, and you give up eventually. You wear out. Such a great distinction, Jay. The idea of doing, it's almost like works versus being in spirit, right? Yes. And 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 you and I have had discussions too where we've been in church environments where church environments, you can see the difference between a church environment in the spirit and a church environment that's been manufactured to look like a church environment. And I think that's a that's a very good visual as to how this all plays out. Uh, and, and if we could just walk into the neuroscience around this for just a second, when you and I walk every single day and things happen in our lives, um, our brain's designed to protect us, right? So you think of the last time a big bang went off behind you, you jump, right? Or when your mum walks in the room and, you, and you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, you react, right? You pop, you pop. Why do you pop when, when she asks, what are you doing? And you start to lay blame or you start to lie or deny or justify what you're doing. That is all behavior based around this idea of fight or flight. The amygdala right behind your ear, little almond shaped part of your brain, is reacting to protect yourself, whether it be morally, whether it be uh, physically, whatever it is, it's it's designed to protect. And that's okay, right? But that is all reaction. And I think what you and I are talking about with self-control is your ability as a human to have a higher process of thinking to not react, but respond. So you choose. So I'll give you a quick example. Ding dong, Amazon rings. You've got the package that you've been waiting for for two days. It's the new book. It's the new Air Force Ones. It's the new whatever it is that you just ordered. You race to the door. You open the door. You pick up the package. You're like, yes, it's here. But as you look up, you see next door's German Shepherd looking at you on your porch and you go, uh-oh, it's teeter out. It's about to come bite your face off. What do you do? You react. You either throw the package, you close the door, you run, ah! whatever it is, right? That is the amygdala in real time reacting. Now, what's a response? I hope I would take a breath, step mm. back in and gently close the door. Mm. Versus <laughs> or charging talk the nicely to that dog. Yeah. Now, if I was feeling especially bold and maybe I would charge the dog. <laughs> right. And now if we come back into even more real life, that was fabricated. You're watching the news on TV and your mm. kids are around you. And the newscaster mm. says something that you completely disagree with. Your mm -hmm. reaction would typically be, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. What would be a response, Jay? Yeah, if I was exercising the fruit of self-control, it would be taking a breath, mm. engaging with the Holy Spirit. How should I respond to this in light of the audience around me, in light of the person saying it? What is my, what do you want from me here, Lord? Mm. And you know what's shocking is the Lord might say, I'd like you to pray for that person you disagree with, that commentator that just said something. I'd like you to pray for them. And wouldn't it be amazing? What happens if you go, hey, team, family, come around. We're going to pray for this guy right now. And uh, we're, we're going to ask the Lord to intervene for him, for us. Like, whoa, what just happened in the environment in your house? What example did you just set? What just happened in your own soul? Jay, you've been working an eight-hour day. In your case, probably 28-hour day. Uh, and, and, and you've come back upstairs from your office. Mm. And you walk into the kitchen. And your wife's sitting on the couch playing on a phone. And the kitchen is a pigsty. It hasn't been cleaned up all day. What would I do when I'm not under control? I'd be looking for the kids. Like, 
why did you do your chores? And then I'd be like, you know, my wife, why did you make them do their chores? What's going on here? You know, that, that, that would be an earthly response, which would create a definite mood in the house. Um, <laughs> because, because we're talking about the brain, which, which is elastic and can be retrained. Like, what is the fruit of the spirit, Holy Spirit? Like, you might feel like, wow, I've been working all day and the kids didn't do their chores and my partner is hanging out doing whatever. But what do we not know? We don't actually know what was going on. Maybe... Maybe like if I was using my wife for an example, maybe she just got some horrible news and she just had to sit down and like play her phone because whatever, maybe the kids, maybe there's a reason it is the way it is. If I took a breath and asked the Holy Spirit what to do, well, I, you almost know what Jesus is going to say. He's going to mm. say, greet your wife lovingly and start doing the dishes. And, and you just go, wait, 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 like start washing feet and see, see what happens. I, man, those are such good examples, Chica. And, I'd love to go back for a minute as we're playing out and thinking through this brain aspect. You know, why why is self-control as basket such a big concept? Well, every other fruit of the spirit has to be activated through some kind of choice. And as you're talking about the brain, our brain has to be trained to make that choice. And the training is conducted not only by submission of the Holy Spirit, but it's also conducted by our exercising of our free will to choose those responses, to choose to take the time, right? So Chica, as you're thinking about the brain, what happens? I think I think what happens is you begin to create different neural pathways that over time begin to create different automatic responses in your brain, i.e. you become more loving, you become more joyful because you are under more self-control because your brain, instead of being trained to go off half-cocked at whatever you see, is now trained to do this other thing. I don't know what you call that in the brain world, but I'm pretty sure that's what happens, right? It's a pattern. It's a change. It's a behavior change. Responding versus reacting. Let's start thinking, you know, day to day, as I'm driving in my car, listening to the news, or as I'm hanging out or the loud bang, I mean, how am I responding versus reacting? Yeah. And you, had, you, you talked about Jesus. Gosh, he was such a good model. He had so much self-control. I mean, how often do you think Jesus wanted to just go, seriously, people, but, <laughs> but you know, he was so kind and I, you just look at him and you go, gosh, how was he able to be so patient? and so kind and so loving in every situation, even when he's clearing the temple and he is seriously angry, he exercises so much self-control mm. while he's doing it. It's very purposeful. It's very thoughtful. He's super gentle with the animals when he's turning over tables. He doesn't kill anybody. He's not beating people. He's clearly making his point and he's clearing the temple, but he does it in about as kind of way, I guess, as you could clearing a temple. And you just go, where does he get this? ability to have so much self-control because yes he's god but he's also fully man so you know his emotions are hot well, i think he's... that there's three key words that stick stick out for me as you say that one is accountability i think that he's accountable to his father two is grace and three is forgiveness this is not just about us trying to manage our way through the situation this is about us leaning into the holy spirit because this is a fruit of the spirit to help us get through the situation and respond better. Yeah, and what you just said is so important. There's literally no point to beating yourself up. And the scripture is clear about that, that too. Abiding in Christ means continually growing your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And when you get off track, it's like, oh, oh off track. Lord, forgive me. Back on track. Like there's no time for just beating yourself up is such a pointless exercise. And, and, and Christ is not about shame. Like that is not his jam. His jam is not about shame and ridicule. His 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 mission is keep your eyes on me, and when they fall off of me, put them back on me. 
So this week for our listeners, as we as we walk away from self-control or we walk into self-control, maybe the big action to take is this week, be hyper-aware, hyper-aware of everything around you and lean into this idea that when things happen before you speak, before you punch back, before you step into a conversation, maybe it's a quick reflection moment. Yeah, just take take that moment and ask the Holy Spirit, how do you want me to respond here? Only good is going to come from that, Chica, right? And 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 you're gonna you're gonna not be able to do that all the time. But then if you're talking to the Spirit about it, He's going to remind you. You're going to come out of a meeting, and the Spirit is going to say, "You could have taken a moment there. You talked a lot in that meeting, and you didn't listen a whole lot." Or and you're you're you what you're doing, right? So there's a physical thing happening on this plane where you're retraining your brain, as you talked about, Chica. And then in the spiritual world, there's another thing happening. You're growing, right? You're maturing. And over time, you'll get better. Like anything else was practiced. The more you practice abiding in Christ in the middle of your day, in a meeting, literally in a meeting, you're staring at someone on Zoom because hopefully you're back to in person. But if you're not, and as they're talking, you're listening. And as you're building your response and your blood pressure is going up, if you literally just say prayer in the moment, okay, Lord, help me hear them. How do you want me to respond? something totally different is going to happen. And you may be really pleasantly surprised by a lot of the outcomes. Father God, I pray that you would push us to seek your spirit um, for self-control in all that we do. We know that we want to follow your ways of doing things and not the world's. And so we ask as we, we wrestle with this idea of fruit versus flesh, that you continue to champion us in faith in you. And Lord, we ask that even though we may stumble, that self-control is in your will, Lord, and that that is the calling that you've called us towards. So we love you very much. Listeners, thank you for tuning in again. And we say all of this in Son Jesus' name. Amen.